Well, look at us. We've already rapidly accelerated into the world of using real radio equipment. And uh, this is this is fun. I uh, look forward to this when we get a chance to do it. I hope this is the first, I guess, the second now of many more uh, Beyond the Truth podcast co-hosted by Jerry Kuykendall. And I am Coulter Nuanas. We're sitting here at the Missoula Broadcasting Company studios. For those that maybe aren't familiar, I'm the program director at ESPN Radio, but uh, also a guy that thinks that the study of humanity at large is is as interesting as it gets and that's sort of how i feel about sports and in general and uh that's sort of how i feel about just life in general too so it's been fun getting to know jerry working with jerry and having him help me a tremendous amount so thanks dude and i'm excited to do this again yeah man you're very welcome it's it's a pleasure uh, hanging out with you spending time and getting to know you it's been wonderful thanks for thanks for putting this all together this is pretty slick so you guys we've been talking uh back and forth about a lot of different things but one thing that has sort of become something that we both centered upon but specifically you with with your coaching business biohacking truth uh the the concept of freedom when it is concerned when, when it comes to just the the well-being of a human in itself so just to extrapolate or elaborate on that because we had a podcast our first podcast episode was sort of about what led you uh, to this world of holistic healing and what led me to this world of holistic healing um, but it's sort of come more like an epiphany for you lately in this last four to six weeks you've really uh, sort of honed in on what you want your truth to be and uh, so just elaborate a little bit on that just in terms of gaining health freedom and how important that could be for anybody that you might be able to cross paths with that potentially help. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's something that's delivered itself in an embodied form in the last uh, several months. You know, it's something that, that my my entire purpose for doing this understood, but it was really hard to put in a succinct manner to people being a holistic health practitioner, you know. And... Uh, Basically, the concept of health freedom is there are so many people, especially in America, that are walking around right now that are in some sort of health prison. Sure. Whether it be a prison of ruminating thoughts and emotions. Yep. Whether it be a prison of feeling like there's hopelessness, futile, nihilistic, uh, spiritual state. There's a prison of being an actual physical pain, back pain, right? Uh, there's the prison of, of self-loathing mm -hmm. rooted in appearance often, but all of those are forms of, of prison. And when you're able to find a path out of any one of those and even better, multiple ailments, uh, it truly is it truly is freedom just being delivered to you you can live life on your terms you can participate on your terms uh, you don't have to sit from the sidelines if you don't wish to and that's what what I've really found to be the case with health and freedom and to a larger extent freedom in general we can't truly be healthy whole and uh, mentally sound if we aren't free and that's what makes the United States so wonderful yeah we're like anyone else. We've got our ups and our downs, and we've got things that we can improve on. But there's only one USA. That's something that, that I've been thinking about as well, because when I first uh, reached out to you, 
basically what I came to you with was the, the notion that uh, so, so often people, when they want to change their health, they want to start making new decisions. You know, they say they want to lose weight or they want to get stronger or they want to have a six pack or whatever it might be. And they don't even know where to start because there's a lack of knowledge there. There's maybe a, a certain level of, of blissful ignorance even. Mm-hmm. But I, like I told you, I fully know how to be in shape yeah. and eat healthy and all yeah. these things. But I, I don't know why I'm not. Right. And what you showed me so much was that it is really a first and foremost about uh, reengaging in your mind your your sense of belief and mm-hmm. your, your sense of manifestation from a positive nature. Mm-hmm. and. Uh, when you do your your big plan, mm-hmm. you all of the things I said. You said all of these things are good, except for you're saying I'm going to try to do this instead of saying I will do this. This is what w- will happen, mm-hmm. and so just the the change in mindset, just that in itself, has been so uh, impactful for me. And I think that that's one thing. You know, if if you're out there and you're listening to this, or uh, you, you know, you're you're thinking about making steps towards getting healthy again, or changing your lifestyle, or anything like that. If you don't have a plan whatsoever, then Jerry can certainly help you. But if you are like I was, I think that's where it could actually even be more helpful and more impactful is sort of rerouting the way that you think about everything. We're going to get into the the art of manifestation and how it can help you in general. But uh, I just think that... Uh, that's been the thing that's helped me turn the corner the most. And uh, so for that, thank you. But but I think it, I'm not alone, though. I feel like I'm actually, there's probably a lot of people out there, particularly men like me, that w- if they heard this, they would say, oh, man, I've experienced that same thing. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, <clears throat> for everybody, it's a different uh it's a different thing that resonates with them. So there's multiple channels to get down to someone's seed. And uh, for everybody, it's different. And for you, that really clicked. If anyone's considering making a change, I really, I really, really recommend that they get down to the real reason why they want to make that change. Not the reason they tell themselves, not the reason they think, not the first thing that comes to mind, because as we all know, that doesn't appeal to our best, um, our highest self, right? When we're coming from a place of loathing or judgment. And so we really got to get in touch with why I want that. And from there, you can really start to build up as opposed to trying to build from the middle, you know, walk, walking into a broken system and try to build on top of that broken system sure. where someone doesn't understand their own motives. They don't understand their purpose in life, perhaps. And perhaps um, they've never even considered how, why that's important. Because your why is everything, as we've talked about, right, Coulter? Mm-hmm. And that's been commercialized and... It's, it's very effective on multiple levels, but that can go so deep. You can just dig, 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 dig it and dig on that. And it's really something that you should think about every single day, because if you really want what you say you want, then you've got to absolutely be in touch with exactly why it is that you want that. What do you think is the biggest obstacle towards people realizing that? No one challenges them to find it. Hmm. And on top of that, there is a lot of cookie cutter approaches to influencing in the mindset game right now, just like any, any, you know, spiritual fitness, any part of the game. Uh, there's a lot of cookie cutter approaches and it's not that it's not so much the influencer or the practitioner or the coach's fault because they're just trying to get attention. It's our propensity to not invest in ourselves and to seek the best free content we can and that content serves us up until we run into something that requires more work than we're willing to do. And then we'll bounce around to a different discipline, a different influencer, what have you. 
but it's just not being able to, um, like I said, understand the big picture, understand the why, and, and come to a place where they realize how important it is that they've got to invest something in themselves. Not necessarily monetarily, time, dedication, a real commitment to whatever it is they say they want. That's the double-edged sword of social media too, because it does provide a lot of free content, a lot of which is very valuable, but I think that a lot of times people get derailed by that too. Mm -hmm. I was chatting with a a gal who's a, a strength and conditioning coach, and she was saying how annoyed she gets when her clients are like, well, you know, I can do all these, you know, booty by Brie workouts on Instagram, right? <laughs> but you're not getting anywhere because you're doing a different workout all the time. Yep. You're not, uh, you know, building any sort of strength, testing in any sort of way. And it is just not the same. It's two different things. And and as this gal was saying, it's not good, bad, or, or indifferent. If these people want to consume free content and get some exercise from what they see on Instagram, that's fine. But you're not going to actually make any progress. But that's sort of the muddied waters that we see now, right? Is there, the fitness industry is so uh, captive on social media and vice versa. And so there's a lot of thought to be had that's good, but also just a lot of fallacies you know a lot of the people that are showing you the instagram workouts they're probably doing a completely different workout plan than what they're actually peddling to you via the social media oh yeah they're showing you know and i do the same thing right you show cute little exercises and whatnot sure uh but just a straight up influencer like if they're just trying to get followers on instagram and they're trying to monetize that and whatnot and not really offering you any real help in context and personalized uh, that's not their fault that you choose to consume that if it works I don't, I don't blame them for doing it, but you're going to hurt yourself. You're going to hurt yourself. If nothing else, you're going to invest a bunch of time that you're going to misuse your time investment in some way, shape or form, because you're going to put it in, you're going to put it into something that you're not ready for or that you're overprepared for. And if you don't know how to write your own program, you're not going to know when to switch or what to switch to. You can't just follow someone else's suggested workout that's never met you. Right. There's a lack of, of intimacy and personal connection there. In context and all that. Yeah. One thing that you and I have been talking about in terms of my personal experience with a lot of the stuff, specifically mentally and holistically that we've worked on, is uh, the art of manifestation. And in our last episode, we talked a little bit about uh, how I've always been uh, pretty empathetic, but also connected to the, the energy of the universe. And that's always been a good thing, but I had a hard time sort of handling it, especially when it was any sort of anything besides just, you know, flowers and and rainbows and stuff. If it was ever heavy or anything that was connected to tragedy or trauma in my life, it would oftentimes derail me quite a bit. But we also talked just about the way that um, your mindset can then be projected in every element of your life from the way you act to the way you look to the choices you make the way you empower yourself but that physical manifestation can be the opposite too right like the fear that uh, our society almost force feeds us to live under I think that's the thing you know we talk about America being the greatest country in the world and, and the freedom that's provided by being an American that's a great thing but there's also the uh, the flip side of it because of the inundation of information that we receive so much of which is based on fear like I know so many parents even in a city like Missoula and I know that there's transient people in Missoula and there's you know 
there's potential danger around every corner. But I know so many sets of parents that won't even let their kids walk to school, even if you can see the front door of the school right there. Yeah. And it's like I always argue with them, like, hey, let's say the worst case scenario happened. Let's say like a, a, a scary limousine pulled up and snatched your daughter into the thing. Well, at the very worst, you'd see it and you could follow them. And you're not ever wanting this situation. But right, all I'm right. saying is like that is like you have as good a chance of winning the lottery is that actually happening. But we think about it all the time. That's the news yeah. in dates us with bad news all the time. Yeah. But I think it's very true when it comes to the personal psychology of people too. Yeah. So often they live in fear. They live in fear of themselves. They live in fear of what they could accomplish. They live in fear of what they deserve. So just talk about that element of it because I do think that uh, conquering that element of fear within your brain is such an essential portion of um, becoming more centered. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, it, it, what, you, what you just talked about was, was how our thoughts literally dictate our entire existence, like on a you know on a large level. Sure, they lead to emotions, they lead, which form you know based on beliefs and and turns into expectations and and they they realize. But uh, basically, what our what our pattern is, and what I found is that the people that are unhappy uh, are generally not healthy, and they have a thought pattern. A lot of times of of rumination, mm -hmm. negative thoughts, worst case scenario, over and over and over in their mind, and obviously a root, uh, worst case scenario like you you just talked about was not you know isn't isn't what we're talking about, but we're talking about you know things at work, mm -hmm. uh, things about with bills, things about um, you know relationships, just the things that just ruminate, 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 and we form stories that are that are really a good guess, uh, best case scenario, a good guess as to why people do things, but it causes rumination and, and this constant dwelling on negative thoughts. And guess what ends up manifesting is is all those things we're the most scared of, the most, yeah. the, the, the greatest amount of fear. And consequently, the beauty is that you can flip the script on that. You uh, successful people, uh, they have this habit of visualization. Mm -hmm. Just literally, what is it that you that you know you're capable of attaining, and why do you want to attain it? And picture yourself attaining that. And picture yourself in that situation. What does the air smell like? What are you driving, right? What do you do on a daily basis for your career, for your enjoyment? Just put yourself in that place and then the emotion of joy and gratitude that goes with it. And if you look at the world that way, you might as well be living in a different parallel universe mm -hmm. than the one you're in now, the prison you're in now. It's so interesting because it, it is so true. You know, I... I there's been, uh, in, in terms of my personal journey with working with you, uh, there's been some lifestyle changes that we've implemented, but in reality, not nearly as extreme as most people might expect, especially when you just sort of do it incrementally mm -hmm. rather than trying to be all in, all extreme all the time. And then what I used to always do, fail and then quit mm -hmm. instead of just gradually you know, progressing. But there is a real element to, let's just talk about physical appearance. Mm -hmm what you think and want to look like, if you truly believe that to be true in your mind, I do think it can alter sort of your physical appearance without much of any actual exercise or diet. I'm not demeaning those elements of it, but there's so much that goes uh, into it. And I, I just think that uh, sort of that manifestation is, is something that maybe is lost on people as well. Yeah, you're 100% right. If you were combining that, that thought, that visualization with emotion, 
you are uh, you're literally programming your brain, which operates the entire rest of the body, right? Um, and down to the cellular level, you're telling your whole entire body what the plan is. Here's the plan, here's the program. Yep. We're gonna look, we're gonna look like that and we're gonna feel like this. Let's talk about that element of it because when I first started working with you, I filled out this entire uh, comprehensive survey that took a, a fair amount of time, but also was very thought provoking because you have sort of have to address all these different parts of your lifestyle mm-hmm. um, from your mental thoughts to uh, your, your physical choices and everything in between. Uh, but when you got all the results back for me, you basically were like, hey, you're doing pretty okay, pretty good in a lot of different ways. You're just so stressed out. How do we mitigate the stress in your life? But talk about that from just like a hormone and cellular level because because that's a big part of it, right? Like the, the production of real things within your body, like mm-hmm. cortisol and things like mm-hmm. that, That's that stems from your mind more than your your body or even what you eat or anything like that, more by and large, right? Correct, yeah, it's basically your, uh, well, it's your view of the world if you wanna get really you know, technical about it. it. It's your view of the world and that's where your beliefs come from, right? And uh, so basically you see things more threatening than the average person right in different situations and and uh so basically yeah exactly what you said it's a hormonal release and unfortunately we get addicted to that chaos like if you for sure you know it's, it's a real feeling it's for a real sure. like if you, you you take a drug and it gives you a response it's, it's a real thing it's why men get addicted to chaotic women uh, chaotic situations exactly right yep. and uh and we feel it coming Right, and it's almost like that first beer. Sometimes, right, it goes down, and you're like, "Oh, that feels good," which is why I don't drink anymore. And uh, (laughs) (laughs) right, uh, but but no, really, uh, the physiological response is a real thing, and what it does to your body, you know, it adds to your physiological load. Right, not to get too nerdy here, but you know, you can only stress summates, and it can only be you, you can only achieve as much balance as you're able to mitigate the stress that does occur. Now, things that happen like a traumatic injury to the body, uh, a trauma to the to uh, you know the, the mental physical or mental emotional trauma all of that can cause can cause your body to be just in a constant state of fight or flight and if we never process that and we never get rid of it those patterns keep coming back because they remind us of these certain situations and we get very fond of that emotion because it's an adrenaline rush you know and you get in that fight or flight state your muscles fill up with blood they you know very sensitive on the surface of the skin and for a man that can be quite. Uh, that can be quite fulfilling. <laughs> the yeah, the uh, the irony of it is is just so striking. The fact that we are in such denial of our primal nature and our instinct, which is why we're all so lost. Which is why we crave these negative, detrimental things for us because they're the one thing that actually makes us feel like an animal again. It's a detachment strategy. Huh? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Fascinating. What else do we want to get to tonight? Because I do think that the art of manifestation is certainly a good one. I I was thinking just in terms of my story about, um, I have never uh, been one to chase money because I think that the the replacement of uh, God, and that's not necessarily the Christian God, but just a God, a deity, a something, something that we worship, collectively uh, the replacement of that with greed and money has been to the detriment of humanity but that's nothing new that's that's a centuries if not uh, millenniums old problem but i've never really uh, sought out money 
but the manifestation of money is a real thing as well. And that's what sort of made me think about all of this uh, was that I had to change my mindset for a moment in time only because I, I needed to buy a house f- out of the, uh, f- for the future of my family, basically more than anything with the way that Montana yeah. is changing. Uh, so just the, the shifting in mindset of that per- element though, as well was another example for me of how this sort of stuff can help. And you know, this isn't necessarily about the manifestation of money. This is about the manifestation of, of, um, mental clarity, but I think that they all go hand in hand, right? I mean, I think that things in your life are going to start going better when you do seek out the clarity that so many people uh, have absent in their lives. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, to get cliche, once we discover what our real purpose is, right? Once we discover why we were put here, boy, you talk about motivation. There's no greater motivator, right? And that doesn't have to be in career. Right. It can be be whatever it is. But is that lack of that is that lack of alignment, that lack of the attachment to why we're here. I mean, think about the things that really drive people batty. What happens when I die? Right. Right. Does my wife really love me? Does my husband really? Is he screwing around on me? Mm -hmm. All these things. Right. It's just this big, insecure um, uncertainty Mm -hmm. that drives us, that drives us. Um, And it doesn't have to be that way. It just doesn't have to be that way. And when you're there, you are in a prison. You are in an absolute prison. What else do you think is good? I mean, what else, what else should we get to here tonight? Because I do think that this is a, this is a fascinating theme that we have going. Yeah. Well, how about prison breaks? Okay. Okay. So, um, there was a time and and I might as well just share my prison break. Um, but there was a time in my life where really literally every, every end of the spectrum, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual was, was completely just sideways, completely sideways and staunch atheist, um, you know, extremely overweight, extremely unhappy, extremely prone to anger. Mm -hmm. And, um, boy, I tell you what, back pain, Mm -hmm. neck pain, shoulder pain, everything was just inflamed. Uh, my digestion was a mess and it was, it was straight up just a horrible, horrible place to be in. I mean, my wife will tell you, I couldn't even sit up and watch, you know, watch a movie, but breaking out of that prison for me was literally like being in, in, in a world that you didn't know existed. Mm-hmm. That's all I can say. You know, it was like, holy shit. I didn't know this was a thing. Right. And, um, you know, the funny part is, is that going to the doctors, going to physical therapists, going to, you know, chiropractors and nothing against any of those people, but going to them just made me more and more upset because there was just zero answers. There was just zero, um, opportunity to really get a handle on it. You know, it was just like, you have this, this is what's going on and we're going to treat it and we're going to hope we can fix it. And it just never, it just never happened. But stumbling across just health, the difference between health and medical is just not even, it's totally, yeah, I get so worked up when I think about it because we're getting all of our advice from the medical experts now, but we're, you know, this is a health, this is a health situation here. Um, But once I got away from medical solutions and got to health solutions, things just started correcting themselves, you know, multiple corrections. And then you start discovering the, the you that you didn't know ever your entire life, but is the true seed of who you are. Mm. You get in touch with that aspect of yourself, right? And you start watering that seed. And then that's when things really start to sprout. And uh, you can get yourself in a situation pretty quickly 
where you just get completely lost, you know, and there is navigational beacons. There's navigational beacons out there. Now, consequently, the flip side. So, uh, talk to people all the time that, that, uh, that are in their own little prison and they literally will tell you everything about the cost of inaction, not taking care of this. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's horrible stuff. It's, you know, family members died early, all of them. And, and they are on a worse trajectory than their family members that died early. Sure. And you're talking to these people and you're, you're throwing all, you know, like real logic at them. You're like, look, you, you take cancer, diabetes, heart disease, and that, that kills off, you know, over two thirds of us sure. in America. And you just told me that your relatives suffered the big three, one of the big three, right? Uh, and you are on, in this situation here. So are you in this, you know, this, the good third or the bad two thirds of this situation? Are you likely to end up right there with everyone else, right? In the same graveyard. And they were literally say things like, well, I think I'm good. You're, why? Why do you think that? Mm -hmm. I just don't want to, I just don't want to go to worst case scenario. You absolutely have to. You right. absolutely have to. And I can think of one particular gentleman who I, who I spoke to where we had a conversation like that and fast forward two years later and he has a heart attack, oh. you know, a widow maker heart attack. And, and thank goodness that he, we were right by, right by the hospital. Uh, we were at the fort there and you just wonder, wow, you know, what if, what if, and if that's not, if that's not the ultimate suck in life, right? You're put on this rock, do something with it. You got manifestation, mm -hmm. you've got health, mm -hmm. you've got all that. You're born with it. Let's do it. Um, yeah. So those are, those are a couple polar opposite examples, um, of, of what can happen if you just choose to believe that it's possible, pick a vision that is attainable and picture it, stay in touch with it and stay in touch with why you want it. Stay in touch with why you want it. What's the cost of not doing it? Look it around. Just look around. Go to any public place here in America and, and look around. It's all you got to do. How many people are happy? How many people really look healthy? How many people are limping? Mm -hmm. Right? How many people got jacked up posture? Mm -hmm. Old people with just totally curved over. Yep. Take a look at that. That's your future. Now pick out that one in a hundred that doesn't look like them. And say, would I like that? And if you would, go get it. Mm -hmm. Just go get it. Period. Because the, uh, the other 99 out of 100 are your future. And that's no judgment on them. Sure. But I had a feeling if they, if they had known 25 years earlier that it could have been different. And it was actually pretty darn simple. That's the thing that's so perplexing to me is how do we fall into the, the uh, psychological norm of thinking that it can't be better? I guess so. most, I would say that... I don't know. What, what percentage would you say? I, I would say if there's a fair amount of people that are complicit in their own uh, poor health or, or way of feeling or being. They know. They and, know. And then maybe subconsciously or consciously, they're in denial of it. But there's a great many people that decide to victimize themselves and think that it's not my fault. I, you know, I'm, I walk with a limp in my right foot and I'm stooped over mm -hmm. and uh, I have bad posture and I'm fat because of the genetics that I inherited from my grandmother on my mother's side. Right, right, right. Rather than actually acknowledging it. I just find it fascinating that that's the point that we've reached. Right. Yeah. And honestly, what I found is that people just don't know any better. 
they just don't know any better. You know, uh, I can, I can have a conversation with somebody about how health is the best preventative medicine there is, and it's the best cure there is. True health, like mind, body, spirit, health. Yeah, that's you can't disease, including mind diseases. Don't inhabit those hosts. They go right. elsewhere. Right. There's plenty to choose from. They don't need me. Have a conversation with someone like that, and they think it's well. My doctor says, and my you know the media says, and dot dot dot. Uh, it's like okay, that's fine, but what's your doctor look like? How's your doctor feel? Sure. You hang out with your doctor on a Saturday? No. Oh, I hang out with my clients. Right. They can tell you. Right. Right. They don't see me for 15 minutes once a week. Right. Uh, but they will still not believe you. Sure. And that's based just straight up that we've got a religion surrounding science and medicine right now. Right. Right. Medicine pies the science. Right. Let's let's not kid ourselves. Right. And so um, I think that's how we fall into that. Because when you're a kid, parents take you to the doctor. You grow up, you go to the doctor. Something's wrong, you go to the doctor and get your symptoms managed. Sure. And 20 years later, you're on more drugs at higher doses. And you can't understand why you feel like crap. I touched on this on the, our first episode here of Beyond the Truth. and uh, But I had a, a follow-up just because I was more, I morally did the follow-up appointment only out of fascination than actual need for help. Uh, I had uh, a sleep study done. Uh, that basically was saying that I, I wasn't breathing very well when I was sleeping. Maybe I have sleep apnea. I need a CPAP. And I presented these the options to the doctor. I was like, well, I'm, I'm familiar with sleep apnea. My father had it. I know that I'm going to have problems breathing only because I genetically have asthma. Uh, that could be mitigated a little bit, though, through nutrition and choices like we've yeah, yeah, yeah. talked depending, about. Depending. Yeah. Sure. Yep. But, but I do have a, a narrow airway, big tonsils. There's, you know, there's several structural things that are just the way I was born. Okay, that's whatever. I also have... <laughs> had a lot of uh, different reasons for breaking my nose multiple times, so I don't breathe that well through my nose. That's here nor there, though. I first presented to the doc. I said, hey, well, I, you know, I've, I've read about this, and you know, I think that rather than putting me on a CPAP or some sort of machine, let's try me losing 30 pounds first. He's like, well, I don't know. But so then I had a follow-up with the actual sleep study guy. And, uh, you know, this is, we'll, we'll keep the all, all of the subjects, the details of the subjects out of this. This is just a broad anecdote of, of uh, an experience. But this doctor was telling me, like, I have severe sleep apnea. I'm on this machine. It helps me tremendously. But I'm looking at this guy, and he's like 75 to 100 pounds overweight. Yeah. Can't even walk, really. Yeah. And I'm just like, well, I don't. He's like, you know, I, he was trying to sell me on it. Like, yeah. I do it because I'm a doctor. Yeah. I'm like, I do not want to be you at all, oh, man. I gotta, yeah, yeah. So, uh, but it, it is uh, weird because we want to trust. And there is some, uh, if not plenty of trustworthy people in the medical industry. But the, the, the broad uh, scope of it is slightly skewed. Oh, yeah. What was, uh, did you get the results of that second study yet? Well, I haven't even done it yet. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to or not. I don't well, know. You will again. Yeah, maybe. Eventually. Maybe. Well, of course. You don't want to I have no real on plan on going. You don't need to. I, uh, well, right. No, that's what I'm, I'm not. I'm not trying to go uh, to the doctor for anything oh, for gotcha. a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, gotcha. I got gotcha. you. <laughs> I've already had my frustrations run amok. I, I'm going to stick with my spin classes and uh, my salad. 
salads and my meditation, and that sounds a lot better for me. In your core. That's right, in my core. Gosh, by the way, another side note, I, I've transitioned into the second part of the physical part of this with, with Coach Jerry here, and uh, dude, I have never been so sore. My <laughs> God, those pelvis workouts you got me doing, I was like... On Sunday, I, I I had to go and do a separate stretching workout just to roll it out because I'd already done like two or three of them. Well, I guess I did three of them last week. And uh, by Sunday, I was just like, oh, my God, I'm not even going to be able to golf. I can't even move. Yeah. But it feels great. And I feel super good today. Like when I went to spin today, it was it was releasing out of me. I could feel it quite a bit. So, yeah. Yeah. That's what I mean. That's that's what those those exercises will do. It's, it's a core workout. Like, For sure. You're not even you're not even uh, you're barely off the ground on most of that stuff. Yeah. Right? No. Right. Yeah. Yeah, you're like maybe four point, two point mm-hmm, stance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So it's amazing what you can do with a little imagination and some some different angles. Yeah, it's no great. question. Yeah, no. Uh, to your point, uh, that's exactly right. It, you know, p- doctors are human. Everybody's human. Every practitioner, every therapist, and and every every uh, discipline's got their really good ones, and they've you know everyone's got their not so good ones, and that's just the way it is. Um, I remember a conversation I had with a certain um, practitioner, we'll we'll say. And this person was in the the typical medical realm of rehabilitation. And and actually pretty darn good at at what he does. And so we were talking about, uh, I wear these toe shoes, as you know, these Vibram. Oh yeah. Yeah. Hey Vibram, if you're listening, I'm sure you are. (laughs) I sold a lot of your shoes. but anyway, so he made a comment, you know, and, and I told him, well, yeah, uh, you know, he's like, my clients, they get in, in those and, you know, they end up just wrecking their feet and they come to me. And I was like, well, yeah, you can't just go from, and I pointed at his shoes. He had these really thick Brooks shoes They're I mean, they're like two inches thick, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm like, dude, that's like walking on the moon. And, uh, <laughs> and so, so I was like, you can't just go from those to these, you know? And so he's like, oh, well. I mean, do you work out in those? I, I do everything in these, you know, I literally everything. Culture, you see me have golf in them. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. I said, but you know, the real reason I got into them is I had plantar fasciitis and I had it for like three years and it really got, got annoying getting thicker soles and higher, higher insult, um, um, arch supports. And, and so he mentioned, you know, we had, a, we went back and forth and then he said something to the effect of, and I told him, you know, I haven't had it in like two years and, uh, but you got to slowly work into these. You can't just go from, you know, one extreme to the other. And he, he's like, oh, okay. And I was like, yeah, I totally healed it. It's great. They're stronger than I've ever been. And so he looks at me, he starts explaining how the foot flexors work and the plantar. And I was like, yeah, that's, that's how I did it. You know, is I changed the shape of my foot <laughs> and, and, uh, he's like, oh, well, uh, all you need is these Brooks here. And he says, I take my Brooks off and within 20 minutes I get, uh, my plantar fasciitis comes back. And I just, you could have knocked me over with a feather. I just yeah. looked at him like, did that just happen? Like, he really thinks that, wow, okay, all right. Good on you, mate. Like, it's so, the foot structure thing is so fascinating to me too because we see in, in uh, professional sports particularly, but also high level college sports, uh, there's so many injuries that used to be the kiss of death mm. that aren't anymore because mm-hmm. of the medical progress that we have made. It used to be if you tear your ACL, it's very unlikely you're going to ever have a, a viable sporting career mm-hmm. again. Now, it sucks, but a lot of times, the rehab that you go through actually is going to make you come back even stronger and, and more of a beast athlete than you were before once the ligament itself actually heals. The same thing with like shoulder labrums. It's not nearly the kiss of death as it used to be. No. But no, the one injury not. that is the kiss of death is the 
the Liz Frank fracture, which is like the extreme version of this plantar fasciitis that you're talking about. It's the breaking of the arch of your foot. This just happened last night to Travis Etienne, who's uh, from uh, the, the he, out of Clemson, the, the star running back out of Clemson who plays for the Jacksonville Jaguars. He's on the season-ending IR because of the Liz Frank. But we've seen it especially with big guys, too. Guys over 6'5", that Liz Frank fracture, especially in the NBA, man, mm-hmm. it's a kiss of death because it's the pounding. But you wonder if their foot structure would have been different if they didn't grow up their whole lives wearing heavy basketball shoes, mm-hmm. if they would have, if some guys would have this foot problems oh, like they had. Guaranteed. They're 100%. There's no, there's no argument. There's no argument. Yeah. Um, but, of course, they wouldn't probably be making $50 million a year or whatever they're making in the NBA. But a big part of it too is nutrition. Like athletes don't, just because they're professional athletes doesn't mean that they know how to eat well and and really train well, right? Uh, They probably have great trainers, so I'm saying, but in the off season, I'm sure they get their own programs, but, you know, listen, Giannis, after after they won the championship, sure. goes and orders 50 McNuggets. Um, you know, Richard Sherman for the Seahawks was famous for eating McDonald's for every single lunch. Sure. Um, but that's also, I, there's a lot of practitioners that I know that, that work with those people. Definitely not me yet, but they work with those people and they say, man, their diet is just absolute shit. You know, crap. Yeah. And what that does to that actual, you know, the passive tissues, that's what it, that's what you're making it out of. I and mean, you never get high quality collagen in you, uh, high quality animal fats. You're only eating inflammatory oils um that's gonna catch up with you that's gonna catch up with you and these guys are snapping achilles they're snapping um you know patellar tendons they're snapping everything uh and yeah they can get rehabbed they can get rehabbed but um but there's ways out of out of that. There, we can do better. We can do better. No question. That's why some of the best of the best, the, the fact that they have decided to reinvest in their bodies so full force. I mean, some of the great athletes on the planet right now are investing, they proclaim, a million dollars in their own physiques. And uh, But it's totally worth it because if you do just fully commit and you have the resources, man, you really can. I mean, it's, 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 it's not a surprise a guy like Richard Sherman, for example, was an elite player and then at the age of 31. I mean, I know that's old for the NFL, but he also is deteriorating at a much more rapid rate than a lot of guys that take a lot better care of themselves. Yes, yes. And, you know, I think it was a few years back, he snapped his Achilles too. And um, yeah, it just, it just happens. It's, it's a violent game. And uh, there is the other end of the spectrum too. I, I, I have to mention that. And there's a lot of professional athletes that are going t- more towards this, you know, holistic, integrated health model. TB12, you know, is a great sure. example. But there's a lot of these there's a lot of these people that are taking that wholeheartedly. Um, and, you know, I think it's a lot of the upper echelon performers as well. So correlation doesn't equal causation, but there's got to be something there. No question. Yeah. Anything else for tonight? No, man, I think we're good. Very good. Always fun beyond the truth. You can find it on all your various podcast hosting platforms, and uh, we'll be back as soon as we possibly can, but always fun and therapeutic to go through this with Coach Jerry. Tell him where you can find uh, all your great content, but also just the, the way to get a hold of you. Yeah, get a hold of me at uh, jerry at biohackingtruth.com. Uh, you can really you can call me direct you can send me a text 406-241-3763 and you can check us out at biohackingtruth.com and of course all the social media platforms biohacking truth see you when we see you all right peace